Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Go Boldly podcast. I'm Scott Spade. I'm your host, and I'm looking forward to, to today's call. We've got Joanne Moore on the call today, and Joanne is a coach and mentor, but she's so much she's so much more than that. She's got a history of, of being a restaurant owner, and she's retired from that. And, and if you've ever worked in the restaurant field, you you know how difficult it is to deal with people. And so I'm 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 guessing, Joanne, that that owning a restaurant probably has helped you become an absolutely amazing coach and mentor. And you know what? Thank you for that. Yes, it is is one of the most unique experiences anyone could ever go through in their life. And it, it it's come up in conversation time and time again that I think everyone should work in a restaurant for at least one year. Not one week, not one month, one year. Um, my husband and I did it. We were together almost 24-7 over the course of 16 or 17 years. And yes, you get to meet an extraordinary number of people. I mean, to say that we had global visitors was pretty close to accurate. And yeah. It's um, you get to learn, you get to learn the nuances of people. It's not just about what they say. It's about their facial expression, right? It's about how they say things. Yeah. It's, it's the underlying tone that comes with it. And you can tell sometimes just in body posture alone, when somebody walks in the door, if you're going to have a confrontation or not. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, I've waited tables before it's been years ago and, um, but as a as a frequent restaurant visitor, you know, there's back when I was back when I was back in, at home, there's certain restaurants that I would go to frequently. And there was something unique when that waitress would remember what I would drink or mm-hmm. remember, you know, certain things that I it just it makes you feel like part of the family. Yeah. Like, hey, it, it's it's almost like I'll just have my usual and yeah. they know exactly what that is. Yeah. And it yeah. just, there's just something, I don't know. It's just something cool about that of just saying just, just the usual. Now, when you, when you do something different, it kind of throws everything off for the, for the day. <laughs> it does. And you know what, that was actually one of the gifts that I had. I found out through a series of experiments that I actually had a gift for remembering people's orders Wow. And and I would do exactly that because it was a small town. Our, yeah. our restaurant was not big. It seated about 50 people. So it was just enough for the two of us. And we had help on the weekends. But that was a little, I'm going to say feather in my cap because I got to remember all these little extra orders. Who likes spicy food? Who didn't like spicy yeah. food? Who was allergic to this? Who was allergic to that? And then, yeah, having them come in and say, can and just would you like your coffee your usual and they're like yeah you're like yay and then you go you know you go punch it in the computer the order goes in the kitchen and then you go do your thing and it comes out and you're like wow that's perfect i'm like yay you know it's it's you give yourself those little kudos and it does make the customer feel good and welcome and It, it does but it also you know when i would when i would remember what you know somebody wanted like when i i remember this guy um, he used to come in late in the evening. He was, he was in network marketing and he would come in after a meeting late in the evening. And every time he would come in, he would order. Um, I still remember this. This is like 25 years ago. He would order uh, a Coke, a hamburger and fries 
and and some mayonnaise on the side for the fries. It was an unusual thing. So it stood out to me. Mm-hmm. But I got to know him and and he would come in and and I would, you know, I knew he'd come and I'd go ahead and put the order in as he's walking in the door. And and it basically about the time that he got seated, it was coming out fresh. And uh, and that was I felt good about myself because I was able to take care of the customer. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's part of it. It's not just about learning how to deal with people. It's about learning to appreciate your own knacks and skills and little things that you can do. And it's funny you mentioned that we had, I had, uh, I'm going back a few years, but it's probably 25 years or so. Um, I had one customer come in with his wife. They only came in on the weekends in this one restaurant. But he would always order dessert first. <laughs> What's and, wrong with that? <laughs> well, and the, his lo- his logic was simple, and I absolutely loved it. His logic was simple. I want to make sure I get dessert. We're yeah. out. I don't get dessert at home, so we're out. I'm having dessert. Then I'll have my meal. If I can't finish, I can have leftovers for tomorrow. <laughs> I love, I love logic, it. right? <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> it, it does. So yeah, it, and you do. You remember those little things, and they make you feel good. Yeah. And you know, my theory in life is if it makes you feel good, do more of it. Yep. Yep. You know, and this is where we get stuck as human beings. We start doing what people tell us to do, and we forget that we have our own thing. We're not these little boxes that get neatly stacked on a shelf. And yeah. you know, Absolutely. we are so unique. You know, I'm I'm curious. What are what are some um, things that you learned or took away from the restaurant business that you actually use in applying your coaching today? If if there are any, I'm sure there are. Oh, tons. Um, but I think if I had to simplify the answer, it would be active listening skills. Mm. I, um, I, as a child, I was always very intuitive. I could talk to anyone from the age of five to 205. Like it was just an absolutely amazing thing. My mother constantly marveled at how I did that. I don't know how I did it. I just did. I'd start talking to somebody. We'd have a conversation and it really didn't matter the age. And as I went through, um, high school and then jobs and what have you, before I started in the restaurant business, um, it was a little uncomfortable not being able to just blurt out conversations with people because, you know, some offices are like, do your work, don't talk, do your work, don't talk. You're not allowed to do that. You have 15 minute break here and that's it. That's the only time you're allowed to talk to your coworkers, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in a chain here. I do want to do this. This is just like horrid. And I rebelled against all of those authority figures in every job that I had. And yet I always got praise from my immediate boss for getting the job done, which is really weird. But I ended up in the restaurant business because again, it was the listening that I liked listening to the way people said things. I liked watching their faces as they said things Um, and learning how to hear what they're not actually saying. Speaking my language. Right. And, and that, that threw me back to my childhood when I was hearing what people were saying and not like when they weren't actually saying the words. And, um, and I think that's what kind of prompted me into coaching was um, just because 
I helped people like I had customers coming in. Some of them were periodics because they just came in when they were traveling. And because we were in the same small town for, hmm, I want to say 12, 13 years. Nice. And, and so you get to know people. And because it's not exactly a tourist town, but there's a lot of tourists going through town, um, getting to know them, they would come in year after year and you get to know them and, you know, have these conversations. And every once in a while, you they'd start talking about something. And then all of a sudden, I've never told anybody that before. How did you get me to open up like that? What? And then yeah. I'd offer them a solution and they're like, oh, wow, I never thought of that before. Yeah. Yeah. And that phrase, I've never thought of that before, is the highlight of my day. <laughs> I, I call it the aha moment. That's, right? I, I yeah. love for the aha moment. And that's exactly what that is, is, is the aha moment. And you and I have very similar gifts because I, you know, and it's, and it's really, it's not necessarily about what you ask. It's about listening for what they're not saying. Yeah. And, and I think that's really, so we talk about that a lot in, in the counseling world. We don't talk about that much in the coaching world because a lot of times coaches get caught up in trying to give them a solution. Yeah. They fail to listen to the client. Yeah. And that's why so many, so many coaches out there are struggling because they fail to listen to the client. Mm -hmm. really truly hear their heart their passion what they what they really what really turns them on what yeah. really gets them out of bed in the morning and keeps them awake at 2 a.m at night yeah. in, a, in a good way right yeah and and it's it's that um listening for those those key words and you know and then helping them to apply that yeah and people People say so much without saying so much. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's why they, there's studies. You can click on anything in YouTube, go under uh, body language in YouTube, and they will give you an extraordinary education. And, but I mean, it's not something you can learn in a couple of days either. Like I've spent, I'm going to say better than half my life in the service industry. I worked for lawyers. I worked for architects. Um, I worked for an accountant. I did a few other things in between. And I always ended up going back into the service industry. It was about that. There's, there's a deeper connection when you listen to people and when you actually converse with people, whether it's on the phone or in person, but the, it, it that ability to hear the underlying tones the underlying facial like when you're in person it's the underlying facial expressions the body language that comes with and, and you can hear when you ask a certain question you see somebody do this like okay yeah. well we struck a nerve there and you don't actually have to say that but something in your mind you know it's just like okay so let's explore that a little bit see where we end up but those, those little triggers yeah yeah they look away or they they um mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's always it's always something that, you know, it's funny. I love watching people like yeah. I love to watch people yeah. and I love to watch people at the airport Yeah, because it's like you can take the most brilliant person in the world and put them in an airport. And suddenly they become the stupidest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is like, you know, they they need to go to the restroom, but they're, they're standing in front of the restroom and they're like men or women, which, 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 
It's, yeah. And, and I always talk a lot about being self-aware. Yeah. Because I just think that that is so important that we as human beings and we as coaches and that the airport is one place where people are not self-aware. They're, they're talking on their cell phone or they've got it on speaker and they're, they're shouting to everybody in the airport, all of their business. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're walking along and then they, they just stop mm-hmm. and you run over them. And it's like, you can't just stop. You, you got to keep walking mm-hmm. and, you know, or move over it so that, and it's, it's fascinating to me just to watch and study people. It is. And I think that was one of the things I enjoyed most on the weekends when I had the when we had the extra help um, was watching the difference in the people, the way they reacted to me during the week, and then the way they reacted to the staff on the weekends. Yeah. And there was this slight nuance in the way they talked to the people, knowing that I was the owner. They had a different tone yeah. when they were talking to the staff. They would be some, not all, mind you, not all. There's some people that are just nice to deal with yeah and i remember <laughs> it's funny i remember one gentleman he came in and he was persnickety and he was snappy and he was snippy and i just you know did my normal calm thing and he tried everything he could to get a rise out of me and he, he just kind you know what i don't like your attitude you have an attitude and he started twisting everything around and i just like okay that's fine well, I'm calling the owner. You need to have your attitude adjustment. I said, you do that, please, by all means, call the owner. <laughs> and well, I know them personally. I hope you realize that. I said, great, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> so he came in the following week and I said, you know, I never did hear anything. Well, I called them and I talked to them. I said, really? Hmm. I really don't remember having that conversation with you. Could you care to refresh my memory just a little bit? And his face went like just, oh, my stars. And I'm like, dude, if you're going to threaten somebody, have the balls to back up what you're threatening with. Get your facts straight. Right? But then after he realized that I was the owner, his whole demeanor changed. Wow. But the, the, the advantage to – now, this one, I have to give him credit where credit is due – because he not only adjusted the way he spoke with me, he also adjusted the way he spoke to staff on the weekends. So for me, that was, again, a little feather in the cap. And it's like, by saying something without making him the bad guy, everything shifted. Shifted. Right? I love it. That's that's what it's all about, is helping people through those little bumps in self-awareness, as you call it. I I like the term self-awareness. and getting people through those little bumps with an alternate way of seeing it. Yeah. Because if, if I were to tell him, you're an ass, I'm the owner, you're an idiot, I don't have an attitude, you do. That would have been a whole, quickly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whole, different, whole different scenario. So, yeah, it, it's about learning how to speak with people, not at or to them. And, and I think, yeah. Words are powerful. You yeah. know, it's sometimes... Less is more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've done that too. <laughs> who knows what, what kind of day he was having that day. Yeah. You know, we never know. Maybe he lost a loved one or maybe he just something, just a bad, a bad week. And yeah. you were the first person he saw. Yeah. Precisely. And 
and you being nice to him just did not set well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I listen to a, a lot of audible books on, on the way back and forth to work and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so much of them come down to um, just how we treat people. Yeah. And I, I was listening to one this, this morning and the author basically said, um, and I think this lines up. He said, if you own a business, he said, it's your focus is not about the business. Every bit of your focus should be on how can you serve your client yes. or your customer? And he said, so many businesses go under because they're so fixated on trying to to figure out how to tweak the business as they fail to see how can I meet the customer's needs. Mm-hmm. And I and I I think so many coaches are struggling because of that very reason. They've got an agenda. I hired a coach one time, and we had. Uh, paid her some money. I think it was about $4,000 or something like that. And, and we get into the coaching process and she, she's basically telling me you need to do this, this, and this. And and basically what she was wanting me to do was spam people in face on Facebook. Yeah. Just spam, you know, go into these groups and just spam everybody and start DMing, you know, private messaging them. And I said, that's not, that's not, that will get me banned. And that's Mm -hmm. not who I am. And I said that doesn't align with with my core values, yeah. and um, and and I said I this is not what you promised me. Yeah. And I said so I, I I'd really like a refund. She blocked me on Facebook. Yeah, and refused to respond anymore. I was just like lesson learned. Yeah, uh, and I you know sadly I've been I've had a couple coaches like that same thing. Um, in particular, I had one telling me to do just that dm people this number of people a day this time and do this and do this and do this and then i found out that the coach was actually using bots to do these things for him i'm like okay so you're telling me to do something you're not actually doing yeah yeah strike two (laughs) and i have a feeling that you paid this coach quite a bit of money yeah didn't get anything out of it yeah Yeah, you know not really (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the first, the first couple of months were great. Like I would give three to six, it was a, a year long program. And the first couple of months were great. Three to six months were really good. The first three months were awesome. Second three months were better. Uh, the last six months, not so much. Wow. And, you know, I suppose I could have in a way fought it and asked for my money back. But then again, lesson learned. And I met some very valuable people. And, um, and there's some of them I'm still speaking with, which, you know, that you can't put a, a dollar value on that. Yeah, you just absolutely. can't. Absolutely. Right? But it's it's funny. I got I got a trip back for just a second. What you said about um, noticing the way people say things, it brought up the memory of I used to send out texts to my staff and a few other people. Um. One of the things I sent out one day, if somebody you normally talk to is acting really weird, stop, take a breath, and then realize that they've got something else going on and maybe go ask them if they need help. Yeah. It's not yeah. just that they're having a bad day. Something maybe like there's that. something else going on that they don't want to really just blurt out 
but yeah. they want to talk about. So if you take the initiative and say, look, you're not acting your normal, <clears throat> pardon me, happy self, or your normal grumpy self, whatever their normal is. Yeah. If they're acting out of the norm, normal, there's something else going on and maybe they need somebody to talk to. And sometimes all it takes is a, you know, pull them aside. You okay. And they're yeah. either going to fluff it off. And in that case, just let it go and let them deal with it. But if they're going to go, oh my God, oh my God, you have no idea. And, and you may yeah. get the whole, the, the whole word vomit thing coming out, but at least you've given them that option and you're not judging their mood because we often take it way too personal because somebody's having a bad day. Okay. What did I do wrong? You know what? Uh, it's got nothing to do with you. This yeah. is the one. Yeah, th that's the, the one thing that I have to tell people <laughs> over and over and over again. It's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. It really doesn't. Everything that we experience is something that somebody else is reflecting into their world. And they're having to deal with their own thoughts. Absolutely. And you're tripping into them and you're like, okay, wait, it's got, no, they're involved in their own little thoughts. It's all about what's going on in their head. It's got nothing to do with you. I, I like to say, get over yourself. It's, it's, it's not always about you. Right. And, yeah. And the other piece of that, having worked with the military for as long as I have in, in suicide prevention and intervention, um, you might save somebody's life. Yes. You yes. might save somebody's life. Yes. Joanne, who is your who is your ideal client? Who is it that you absolutely just love to work with? Um, you know what? I because of my experience in the restaurant, I I adapted over the years. I learned to speak with. And I, I'm really not kidding when I say everybody from the ages of two to 102. It's in that in that unique environment, you learn to adapt to everybody. The people I like are the ones that are willing to listen mm -hmm. and willing to say, okay, maybe I am not looking at this correctly. Yeah. Maybe there is something else. I do like working with... Um, I'm going to say younger, I should say this, I'm almost 60. So it's it's like younger people, that's, that's like better than half the population. So there it is. But it's um, people that have been stuck in a rut and you know who you are. You're, you're like, you get up and you're like, why does this always happen to me? Yeah. You know, and that, so when I have, I literally I spoke with a lady, we, we ended up talking for just over an hour, but the first, within the first 10 minutes, she said a couple of things. I asked her a couple of questions. I ask questions. I am not uh, an answer giver. I will ask you a question and then I'll ask you another question. I will ask you another question. You come up with the answers all on your own because they are all within you. But that five minute, within the first five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe at the outside, but I'm going to say within the first five minutes, asking her a couple of questions. Her first thing was, I never thought of it like that before. Mm. so it's yeah it's so it it's getting i don't and really it doesn't matter if it's men or women i do find women are a little more open no offense but it's just the way, again um i want to say that just so guys don't take offense on this please but men like to be the protector 
So when you get a man to try and open up and be vulnerable, his defenses are automatic. It's not even that it's a conscious thought. It's just that most men want to protect everything in their environment. And getting them to open up is just a teeny bit more uh, complicated than getting a woman to open up. But, you know, if, if you're open to realizing that there's something that needs to change in your life and something that you want to see differently, that's the person I'd like to speak with. Awesome. You've heard it there. Something I always say, Joanne, is that I don't, I don't, I don't play unless I can win. And so if, if I sense that a client's not going to do the work, not going to spend the time, not, and and when I say do the work, I'm talking about doing the work on yourself. Yes. That's really where it's, that's where it all starts. Yes. And if they're not willing to do that, I'm not willing to play. I'm not willing to get in the ring as Brene Brown says, Um, you know, you can watch from the sideline, but I'm, I'm not getting in the ring with you. Yeah. And, uh, so how can, uh, how can people reach you? What's the best way to, to reach you? And we'll put this in the show notes. Uh, right now, the easiest way, because I'm still kind of developing, I started working on stuff and then had a little life event. So I just dealt with all that fun stuff. But the easiest way to find me is just on Facebook under my name. Um, I have a, a business page where you can also reach out on Facebook. Is my name, Breath to Life Coaching which actually breath to life coaching at gmail.com also works. Awesome. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Joanne, it has been a pleasure having you on. And I just, I imagine that we could probably talk for three or four hours sharing stories about your experiences. Um, But I look forward to continuing to connect with you and I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you so very much. This was fun. Absolutely. Have a great night. Had a few memories pop up. Good deal. Good deal. Have a great night, Joanne. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you.